Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community. With trusted voices and information. To empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. Well, hello, 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 365ers. Jackie Page, radio personality in Atlanta and in Richmond. I just figured I'd take a second just to, you know, throw that out there. What else do I do? Uh, I'm a fitness professional, duh. Fitness professional, Zumba, kickboxing, you name it, I probably do it. Minus yoga. That's my my co-host. <laughs> What's good, 365 My name is Brett Daniels. And just to follow up with Jackie with the, the list, you know how Black people love our titles of Yogi at Heart social entrepreneur, fitness guru, I guess you could say, all the things. Jackie, it's it's a good time. I'm glad to be back. How you feeling? I'm okay. Are you okay? So, yeah. you know, Valentine's Day was this week. Give and ghetto. And yes, I did the because it was give and ghetto. Um, <laughs> you know, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh, I'm moving in peace and maintaining singularly. <laughs> so, Listen, that makes very single. <laughs> That very makes single right because Jackie is giving single. Uh, what's that song? Uh, they say I'm hopeless, like okay, a vocals. penny with a hole. That's me. I'm single out here as a penny. Yeah. So Valentine's Day gave um by herself, and I'm okay with that. Perfectly okay. This is what makes the 15th Valentine's Day by myself. Obviously, you can tell there's some salt. And what I'm some, some some sarcasm and what I'm saying. I've had a number of relationships over the last couple of years, but I've never been in a relationship on Valentine's Day. Is that because um, of you or because of them? You know, that's a conversation we can hop in today. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both. Because are y'all breaking up? Well, that just leads to a lot of questions. A lot because of questions. Are y'all breaking up right before Valentine's Day? Like, are you strategically like? Let me break up with her before Valentine's Day. So I, I won't say that. that's a thought, but it just so happens to be. I would never, <laughs> I'm not saying I strategically have planned okay. to not have a date on Valentine's Day, but it just always seems like it just works out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this for the last couple of years, I have been very much intentionally dating to be in a long term relationship, but I've just reached a new, I just left this retreat in Tulum, New Mexico. I did a lot of meditating and right now I kind of just want to focus on myself. And I, I, that comes from a, I would gratefully say, a healed space and I'm interested to discover who I am in this process. You know, I feel like I've been back and forth. I've had those moments where I have really focused on self and then I've had other moments where I want to be focused on somebody else. And I I feel like I'm in the middle of the road right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, um, I, I want to focus on somebody else. I want somebody else to be in my life. However, since moving down to Atlanta, I can say that I've had some horror dates. (laughs) 
And part of part of the whore dates is, has me out here like, I don't want to do this. Like I literally was telling my best friend the other night, I'm like, I'm tired of dating. I don't want to do this anymore because it's too stressful. Like It's just yeah. too much on my mental. I yeah. prefer to... You meet somebody like you, the long-term situation, because having to put on makeup, having to be this. And I'm not saying when you date somebody, like when you're getting to know somebody, like you, you're all extracurricular, but those first few weeks, months, it is very stressful. Cause I just got to put on makeup, think about what I wear, watch what I say. Like, mm, I don't like doing that. I absolutely relate to that in so many different levels. And I think it's different and maybe the same in some aspects from men and women coming across that table. Like I said, I run multiple different businesses. Right now, I'm focused on scaling up my businesses. Mm-hmm. And just the way that I live my life and in my past, as we talked about, you know, with, with drug abuse, I have to be very intentional with who I let into my space. That's real. And that's a big process, especially when you're on these apps. I'm not at the club. I'm not really a playboy. I don't, you know, I, I don't really meet people unless, <laughs> it, you know, it's on the app. And that's the most convenient thing. And sometimes it's those apps are very inorganic and it can be very forced. And it's just like, ugh, just the whole process. So right now, I'm not trying to do any of that. <laughs> and just focus on self. Um, but yeah, Valentine's Day just passed. And for a lot of people, it was both a happy time and right. also a stressful time, like you mentioned. Um, and so I'm excited to have this, this conversation today because when it comes to... Black Health, R365ers, relationships is an important component mm-hmm. of that. Um, so it's a lot to be said when it comes to being able to speak from a place of vulnerability, speak from a place of understanding. And so, yeah, this, this, it's going to be a great conversation. But before we get into it, 365ers, we're going to start things off with our Dharma talk. And so for our 365ers who are new here, we do these things called Dharma talks as a little mini sermon, you know, just to start the tone and set, set the tone for the conversation. And today's Dharma talk is about aiming to have congruency between your words and your actions. As we all know, words are powerful and they carry a lot of weight, especially when we want they are not followed by the actions that match their intent. On the other hand, when words and actions are in alignment, it creates trust and respect, not only with the people around us, but within ourselves. So it's easy to make promises and commitments, but following up on them can sometimes be a challenge. But if you're really sincere about your words and willing to put the effort into reality, this requires a level of introspection and commitment to self-improvement. So here are some tips Um, on creating congruency between our words and actions. Be mindful of your words. Before speaking, take a moment to reflect on what you're about to say and the impact it may have. Set realistic expectations. Make promises that you know that you can keep. And if for some reason you can't, be honest about it and work to make it right. Hold yourself accountable. Take responsibility for your actions and be willing to make amends if every. And practice self-reflection. Take time to reflect on your your actions and assess whether they are aligned with your words. This can help you identify areas for improvement and develop a stronger sense of self-awareness. I think this is a really important topic, hopping into what we're about to talk about, Jackie. Oh yeah, it's a very important topic because I don't think we talk about relationships enough in the sense of like mental health, right? Um, We spend a lot of time just talking about how great relationships, and they are, relationships can be a great thing, but for single people, for people that in a, that are in a relationship, all across the board, it's just uh, and, me, and we were just saying like this thing is stressful, mm-hmm. and it's time for us to talk about how this stress plays into our day in and day out lives because it does. When you're with somebody, 
you think about them all the time. When you're not with somebody, you think about being with somebody all the time. So, um, yeah, we want to talk about this whole relationship and mental health thing today because it is big, especially this week with Valentine's Day, um, you know, passing. This is a really can be a sad time for people, a really depressing time because they don't have that quote unquote person there with them. Social media does not help in that um, in any way, shape or form. You see all these people getting flowers, candy and roses and rooms and you're over here eating a box of pizza. Apparently this sounds like me. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, um, I'm excited to have uh, Anita Stoutmeyer. She is a licensed professional counselor, coach, writer, and public speaker, and the creator of Growth Therapy Center, um, which focuses on inspiring and empowering you to become the very best you are right now. So, uh, Anita, how are you today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much for joining and having this conversation with us. Mm -hmm. um, this is a very interesting time for a lot of people every year mm -hmm. um, because Valentine's Day really focuses on love and being with that other person and really loving on that other person. And there are a lot of people out here that one, aren't in relationships like mm -hmm. me. Well, I'm gonna have to be honest. Okay, let me back this thing up like juvenile. I am in a situationship. So, because... <laughs> You, that's what it is. It's an entanglement um, because he hasn't made it an official because he hasn't made it official. Um, yeah, I'm in a situation. I am single. So you have a lot of people like me. That's with somebody. They, you know, they ain't made it real. Um, he don't live in the same state as me. So we got that going on. So we got people who are in situationships, people that are single. And then you got people that are in relationships and they hate the person that they're with. So on and so forth. So I'm um, really happy to talk to you today. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Go ahead, Brett. <laughs> no, no. And I think to even take it a step back from uh, romantic relationships, I'm just interested, um, Anita, and just on your perspective of just like, as human beings, as organisms, like mm. we are social creatures and mm. self-love is important, but we, we, we crave affection from others. And so outside of even romantic relationships, I'm just interested in getting your perspectives on how relationships in general affect uh, mental health. Well, here's what we know about relationships is they are a container in which we're going to grow. And those relationships don't necessarily have to be romantic or intimate relationships. They can be the relationships we have with our family members or with our friends, with our children, with our pets. Uh, this is something I'm not really, you know, fond of right now because the culture doesn't support these other forms of love. It simply focuses on uh, a romantic partner. That's what it makes love all about. Whereas love is rich and full and it includes like, you know, all, all different types of people, all different types of relationships that we have with those people. I mean, I, I, I completely get what you're saying, but, you know, my dog can't hug me like, a, like my boo can. I mean, for sure, there is, there's a different type of love there. Okay. But, but again, I believe the culture has told us that um, we're a half to a whole, when really we are whole. One is a whole number. We are whole. And so I read a great quote today that said, when you master the self-love, when you master feeling good on your own, 
that's when, you know, someone else is going to come into your life. And hopefully that person's a really good person for you because you now have set the bar of, okay, I'm good on my own. This person should add value. I'm not willing to interact with someone that doesn't. I'm not willing to interact with someone that brings drama or chaos in my life because I'm good on my own. I really want people to be encouraged to, you know, go in, um, spread that love around because there's so many wonderful people in your life already that you experience love with. I wish our culture just promoted that more. Anita, I love that because I believe through a lot of self-work, that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. Right. Um, to be forthright with you, I had struggled with addiction for a number of years and I'm about four years sober now. When I first got out of my spell of addiction, I was seeking relationships to feel this emptiness in me, basically kind of replacing the addiction in some ways. And I was in a lot of toxic relationships during that early period of my healing. And as I began to mature more in myself, and understand myself, know how to set boundaries, learn how to take space for myself, those relationships started to get better and better and better. Where with my early exes, I would probably never be able to speak with them again. But now I have people in my life where we respectfully lift each other alone because we knew that that's, we just we weren't in a space where we needed to continue together anymore. And so as I'm stepping into this new space where I want to be romantically single but focus on the other relationships in my life, I've just found this new sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I'm just very interested in where this self-growth is going to take. Because it's only been about like three months since I've entered okay. this into my mental um, of like, hey, I'm just going to focus on what I have going on in my life. And I have enough for here and I just want to grow. So I appreciate you saying that because, yes, the culture is all about I need a boo. You know, it's in every rap song. Yeah. It's in every it R&B song. It's all over social media. Um, yeah. And yeah, I like going on platonic. You know, I'm a fitness professional, so I like going on platonic. I won't even call them dates, but with a woman or mm-hmm. some people like I'm, I'm happy where I'm at right now. I don't feel like that stress and that pressure is on me. And it may be different for me as a man. I'm 28 years old than maybe some women my age or a little bit older than me who right. may have a biological clock that they're trying to reach. And it's maybe cultural expectations because I have been in relationships with women like, hey, I'm 30. I'm 32. I want to have a kid now. And that was like a lot of pressure on me. Right. Um, so, yeah, Jackie, you got something to say? Yeah, and I think that and I like that you raised that point because I just turned 35 and I think that is something that I don't that's something that I think about. And not only me, my friends think about it. I know other women think about it, but that is something that we think about is culturally society is like, hey, you know, you're 35 and you, you still see your girl. What is wrong with you? Like, I do have that biological clock. Those <laughs> Those are all real legit concerns of mine, which plays into the whole thing of like, yeah, I, I, I've, I feel like I've mastered the whole thing of, you know, self-love and being at peace. But it's also just kind of like, baby, I don't want to wait until I'm like 62 to to figure this thing out. Like, I, I feel like I need to figure this thing out sooner than later. Right. And here's what I will give as my auntie Anita advice. Because you're 35, I would have I would have no time for anything but commitment. Like I mm-hmm. would not be involved in a situationship. I actually tell women that from the age of 25, they need to prioritize relationships. They need to prioritize marriage or having a family if that's something that they want. They need to work on the side of nature and not against it. Mm, that's a really good point. And I think that's something I need to work on within myself because part of me is, again, and, and I think 
you know, society kind of plays into this part of me because you got this, you know, single lady, independent woman, boss chick situation going on. But then you also got this like, oh, I want to be booed up. Part of me wants to be in a committed relationship, but the other half of me is like, no, girl, keep getting to keep getting to the bag. Like you got this. It's a really weird space, I think, for me and women around my age because of both of those. For so very long, it was, you know, women were tied into their relationships and their husbands and their families. And we've moved away from that. But it's still kind of like, I want that. Right. Right. Because women are evolutionary, evolutionarily designed. We're evolutionarily designed to be in relationships. So not just romantic relationships. Our life, our mental health, how we feel about ourselves is very much dictated by how good our relationships are. And so that's why I, you know, I give that Auntie Anita advice, which is even beyond being a therapist, I want you to work with nature. It's not to say that you can't get your bag at some point, maybe a little later in life. I'm 55. I married younger. I had children younger. And now I am an Instagram influencer at 55. So that doesn't have an expiration date on it. My, my fertility did. So that's the thing I'm talking to women about. You're going to live a long time. God willing, I'm going to live till I'm 90. So you have time, but what you, you know, you have to prioritize is that fertility window. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So what do you say to the women who... Um they're kind con- they're in my situation where they're single, they're 30, you know, in their mid thirties, uh, or in their thirties period. Um, you know, you're saying like, Hey, you know, go for your committed relationships. But I keep saying me, cause literally I, you know, this is where I'm at in my life. Um, I don't want to settle either. So it's like, yes, you need to be focused on that committed relationship because, you know, commitment is something that at some point in time you want, but I also just don't want to be settling just to be settling, looking at, that biological clock. Right, for sure. And so you're going to have standards. You're going to have boundaries. Those are all going to stay the same. But guess what? You're going to make sure that you're on a path to the place you want to go and see if you're now taken over here. Let's say the situation. So I'm trying to get to marriage and the situationship is taking me in another direction. See, we're not going to engage in that because that's not taking me where I want to go. So that's what I tell women at this age is that you you only have time for where you want to go. You don't have time for anything else. So that's why I tell them that's your part. Do not participate in these situationships because they're not going to get you where you want to go. This is true. Yeah. It would seem like in that process of prioritizing um you have to develop healthy forms of communication mm-hmm. with the person that you're dating. You got to let them know that this is where I'm at in my life. And That's you need it. to understand that up front. 
That's it. Um, and for a lot of guys and me in my past too, again, I'm 28. Um, I've been 26 and someone who's older than me said, hey, I'm going to have kids with you and I'm going to let you know that. First week of us knowing each other. That, that was could scary. be scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was extremely scary to me. Uh, but where she was at, maybe that made sense to her. And it was like a lot of cultural pressure on her. She was the daughter of like a pastor, you know? And so, um, and unfortunately, as my process of healing, I wasn't, in my head, I was like, yeah, this is very scary, but I didn't communicate that at the time. And so we persisted in a relationship that became more and more problematic because I didn't admit that uh, up front. I've been in another entanglement recently where someone admitted that to me. And I was like, no, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and I had to walk away uh, respectfully. Um, so, yeah, I think this goes beyond the romantic side of it. In terms of any relationship, having healthy communication is important. And Anita, do you have any tips on fostering healthy communication when it comes to relationships in general? So first, you have to know what it is you want. And you believe it or not, there are a lot of people that I come across that they're not even clear. They're not even really clear about what they want. So just like Jackie had mentioned, she's like, I'm kind of in this in-between place where I want to kind of focus on my career and my bag, but I want to kind of be, you know, so we have to get really clear and remember, prioritize. That's the word that people don't want to hear, that something has to come before something else. But that's how life is. We have to prioritize. What's the main thing? That's what we're going to put our focus on for now. So be willing to know what you want, right? Get very clear about that. And don't be afraid to express what you want. One of the things I would say to Jackie when she says, oh, I'm you know, getting dressed up and I'm putting on makeup and I'm going on these dates and it's, it's a lot of pressure. And it's all, I say, don't put yourself under that pressure. I want you to show up. I want you to show up as you and even without a face on. Mm-hmm. Either they love it or they don't. That's it. I support that. Yeah, be you. Be you and, and have that attitude, have that confident attitude that says, yeah, either you love it or you don't. And I'm okay. And then someone else will. Someone else out there will love it. <laughs> so. I wish 365ers, that's going to be your what's your 365 today, especially if you're single. Go on your next day without a face on. I just, I don't know if I can do that. Once I get to the point where I know somebody, then I'm comfortable without having like the face on and feeling like I need to have on heels. Jackie is a hoodie, yoga pants type of girl. Like put, give me some J's and she good to go. But it takes me a while to get there because I feel like, I don't know, the same way I am out here doing this vetting process is the same way that he's doing that vetting process. So I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, if we vet each other, at least I'm going to come to the table looking like I got some sense. Yeah, yeah. But you'd be surprised at how many men will enjoy the natural you. I agree. They would love it. And so, yeah, I, I tell women all the time, I want you to show up as the natural you. Either a man loves it or he doesn't. That's it. Take that pressure off of yourself. I don't want to look up, but I feel like my my equivalent, because, you know, Jackie, you know I'm a nerd. You know I love anime. Yes. I love, I love my Marvel. Um, <laughs> and I know I can just be my... If my equivalent would be showing up to the date in, like, some joggers with, like, a Dragon Ball Z shirt on, just like, this is who I am, you know? Yep. If you can't get with it, then, yeah, this ain't going. And see, <laughs> on a first date, too, maybe. On a first date... <laughs> see, this is why we need to have this conversation. Date two, all right, cool. Date one, if you showed up, with some joggers on and a Dragon Ball Z shirt, I'm gonna judge you. I am. I'm gonna be like, what? The, he couldn't put on some jeans and like a little black. Like mm-hmm. I hate. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. 
We're talking about stay- and Britt, you know, I love you dearly. So I'm not going to sit up here and say like, I, I know when you look, when Britt put it on, he put it on. Let's be very clear. Britt, Britt understands the assignment every time. Um, but, you know, talking about having those like standards, I feel like that's something like if I'm going to come to a first date looking decent and Britt and I just say like, you know, that's not decent. But if I'm going to come to a first date with heels on, like the least you can do is come to the first date looking like you got some sense. I hear that. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I would do the, the Dragon Ball Z on the on the on the second date. Probably yeah, not. Like, date. Unless we both unless off from the jump, I knew you with it. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the same way. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But know what you want, be able to clearly communicate what you want. And that simply looks like you're not going to, you know, give a laundry list of what that person should be, should bring. No, we're not doing that. We're simply, you know, saying, hey, you know, here I am. Here's what I'm about. Um, I, here's another tip I often tell people. We make things that don't matter, matter. Like if we're being honest, what a man has on and his shoes and his watch and all, that stuff isn't going to raise your kids. That stuff doesn't matter. Amen. What I'm betting for is kindness. I'm vetting for courtesy. I'm vetting for happiness. I'm vetting for integrity. I'm vetting for the things that will encourage my long-term happiness with this man. So I have to get on my sisters about that because we will make things, little things that we think matter, they don't matter. They don't matter to our long-term happiness. And that's what I want sisters to start focusing on and stop focusing on things like, height or money or, you know, I've often told women, like, I'd rather have a man who's generous than a man who's rich, because I know that what's his is mine. I And, and his height, again, isn't going to raise my children, isn't going to teach my children their morals and their values. I'm like, okay, so we got to start making what's really important, important. I feel like, Anita, you are reading me for filth, okay? Because, so the money thing, you know, I, I, I pay my own bills. I'm good there. But the height situation, um, not going to hold you. I am 5'1". And <laughs> I do fall into that category of women who are like, you need to be like 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot. Because I'm short. And I think about like, I don't want my kids to be, I, I'm short and I understand the short struggles. I don't want my kids to be short and have them struggles. But your your amazing man could be 5'9". You're the man of your dreams, the man who's going to be an excellent father. He's going to be able to cook. I mean, he's going to be a cleaner, you know, cleaning and he could be 5'9". So be open, be open. I'm going to be like, open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anita, what would you define as like romantic or not? Some healthy signs of what does a healthy relationship look like to you? Mm, good question, Brett. Well, again, it looks like a person who's kind. That's the first thing I can determine about a person, even on a first date, is how kind right. and courteous they are. Love that. Um, so, yes, if they are chivalrous or pull out my chair, um, if they say, oh, this looks good. Oh, what, what are you going to have? You go first, you know. So their kindness, um, their courtesy, that's something that's really important. Their integrity, which is something we're going to learn over time. Um, we want to see uh, if they ha can have healthy conversations around a lot of different topics, if they can have hard conversations, um, how open they are. I think that's an underrated quality. People who are open, you know, they just have an open mindset and an open, you know, I'm meeting someone new and 
you know, I might, might make a new friend. I might meet my husband or my wife. You know, they're just open to new experiences. Um, people who are, uh, a lot of people would say, oh, I ask people if they've been to therapy, that that's a good marker for, you know, if a person's, if the relationship's healthy. Well, here's the thing. While therapy is very popular right now, lots of people are going to therapy. Believe it or not, not everyone needs to be sitting in therapy. So, so yeah, you can talk about that. Or if you've been to therapy, you can share that. And if the person's open, I would take that as a really good sign that, oh, you know, you've been to therapy. Okay, great. That's wonderful. What did you learn about yourself? So, but communication, healthy communication skills, um, active listening, that is a very underrated skill. People don't actively listen. Critical thinking skills, that's a good one. You were just talking about therapy, Anita. Um, what are some of the benefits of individual therapy as well as couples therapy? And nurturing relationships. Mm. So individual therapy is helping you to, to become your own best friend, right? You're unpacking your stuff. You're really getting to know yourself. I love to give assessments to my individual clients because what I encourage that people do is find out who you are. And the second thing you're going to do is you're going to accept it, right? You're just going to accept you because you're expecting someone else to accept it. So you've got to accept it first. So for instance, I love to talk about the Myers-Briggs and I am an INFJ. I'm a classic introverted person for a long time. I didn't like being introverted. I wanted to be extroverted and outgoing and be able to go out every night. But I came to realize that's just not who I am. I am introverted. People wear me out. <laughs> so I can't spend a lot of time with people. And I learned to embrace that. And so once I accepted that about myself, other people accept it. So that's what individual therapy will do. It will unpack the stuff from your childhood. If you have had any traumatic experiences, it helps you to go in, right? I'm trying to go in. I'm trying to figure myself out, what I like, what I don't like, who I am, where I'm going, you know, what I'm about. Um, and then it's giving you just some general skills, the communication skills that we talked about. It's giving you skills on how to listen, how to regulate yourself, regulate your nervous system. A lot of people today need that. They got to learn how to regulate their nervous system, how to soothe themselves. That is an underrated skill. So that's what the individual therapy will give you. Couples therapy, what I love about being a couples therapist is most people don't realize it, but healthy relationships are nothing more than mastering a set of skills. That's it. You're going to master a set of skills that you didn't learn from your early caregivers. And once two people can do that, they can have a healthy relationship. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We hear sometimes about 
love languages. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you've heard in your research and in your experience working with people? What, what are some love languages? And is this a real thing? I think there are more than five. I like the fact that we started with five, but I think there are actually more than five. And so the idea behind love languages is that we want to give people what they need. A lot of times when we get into relationship, we do what feels good for us, right? So if you're a hugger, you're saying, oh, well, I give lots of hugs. Well, maybe people don't want hugs. You know? <laughs> they don't want physical contact. They want you to make them a sandwich or they want you to bring them a gift. So what I love about love languages is it is sacrificial. We're not going to give a person what we want to give. We're going to give that person what they need. And so that's really, really critical because sometimes we get off in the weeds doing things, but the other person really doesn't want that. So we have to give them what they need. So with the, and I've done a love language test before, the results that I get, those results are, and I'm trying to get clarification here. That is how I like to receive receive love or how I like to give it. That's how you like to receive it. Okay. Right. So if, for me, it's quality time. Everyone who knows me, every friend, family member, my kids, they all know that I need to be around my people. That's something that, that's how I feel loved and, and cared for is just people spending time with me. And so, you know, if a person giving me gifts all the time, but at work, See, that's not going to work for me. I need you here. That's what's most important. Can those love languages change um, as you get older or do they say the same? No, they can. I know when I was married uh, as a new mom, it went from quality time to acts of service because I needed more things done. <laughs> like I, I don't need you just here. I need you to do things. So yes, it's going to change. It's going to change depending on what a season you are in in your life. So yeah, when you're younger, I mean, it might've been gifts when I was younger, but as I got older, it became quality time. Then it became acts of service. So yeah, it's going to change as you change. That's actually a really good point. I don't think I've done the love language test in my at this point, maybe five years. So it sounds like it's time to redo that thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. Game with Doug. Brand new mug. Come here, kid. Give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. New COVID-19 boosters designed for recent Omicron variants are now available. Learn about eligibility and schedule a free updated booster today at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. I kind of want to open the question up to something larger and more sociological. Anita, in your practice, how have things changed since the pandemic? Because during the beginning of the pandemic, we were stuck at home. For some people, that was very difficult. Very. So the introverts, they won the pandemic people who are naturally introverted, they did great. They thrived because this this is our normal state of being. Unfortunately, the extroverts were the ones who really suffered. So these are the people who need the energy of other people. And so if they you know, weren't going into work and they weren't seeing their friends or their family, they... Um, they just became despondent. A lot of them, you know, just became very depressed, very sad. Um, And like you said earlier, we are social creatures. We do need people. 
you know, and that's what was so sad about the pandemic is it encouraged this, you know, just stay away from everyone and just stay with the people in your home. People in my neighborhood, we started to create bubbles where we would open it up to people outside of our home, but it was to a select, you know, amount of people. And those were the people that we kind of regularly saw. And then as time went on, we expanded that bubble. So that's what I encourage people to do because I know it's just not healthy to stay stuck, you know, in your home. And and if you lived alone, oh my gosh, some the people who lived alone, they really suffered the most because they didn't have, like I had three kids, I have a dog and three cats, you know, my mom, you know, I have people, but the people who lived alone, they really, really suffered during that time. I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I was living in DC at the time of the pandemic, but I can't tell you how many times I actually, cause I lived alone. Yeah. Um, it was me and my dog at the time, but I can't tell you how many times I drove down to Charlotte, North Carolina, because I needed that interaction. Right. I feel like I kind of sit in between being an introvert and extrovert. Like I'm kind of right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard being, yeah. especially being a radio personality. And I think Britt can kind of, um, can kind of agree with this and being a fitness professional. Like we spend a lot of our time in front of people and with people. Mm-hmm. So that was, that, that was difficult for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the pandemic was an interesting time for me too. I'm naturally an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the beginning of it was great. I was like, I get to spend all the time alone that I want. <laughs> yeah. But as it started to get longer and longer, I, I, I did start to fear that social isolation and I started to develop a lot of sense of depression. To counteract that, I did work out a lot and I was probably in the best shape of my life <laughs> during the pandemic, actually. Uh, you know, me and Jackie are both fitness professionals. So, you know, we have a lot of conversations with people who came out of the pandemic gaining weight or feeling yeah. depressed and we work with these people. So I'm always just interested in hearing what people's um, experiences are. We mentioned, we talked a little earlier about self-love. Um, and I think that's something, you know, that we, it's important. Everybody needs it. Um, what are some tips or some bits of advice that you would give a 365 or listening right now when it comes to mastering self-love? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I tell my clients all the time, this is what I do, because a lot of people do question, you know, you seem relatively happy. You seem very content. And so what's your secret? And the secret is this. We're put here for two reasons. Number one, we're put here to feel good. So I really want people to focus on doing something every day that makes them feel good. That thing could be a little thing like making a cup of tea or coffee. It could be a big thing like going on vacation. But every single day, I want you to prioritize feeling good, doing something, taking a hot bath, lighting a candle, calling a friend, do something that makes you feel good. And then the second reason we're all put here is to do good, is to do good for someone else, whether it's an animal, a person, the planet or whatever, but just giving back in some way. But it surprises me how many people are not actively doing something to make themselves feel good. Like that's very surprising to me. And I'm saying, yeah, I want you to prioritize yourself, I want you to prioritize your mental health, prioritize doing something for you to make you feel good. So that's the number one tip that I give is make a list, make a list of all the things that make you laugh, that make you, you know, just feel really happy, uh, make you feel relaxed and start doing some of those things every single day. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's beautiful. And I think an extension of that is, you know, do things that make you feel your, more authentic, your most authentic self. And in cultivating healthy relationships, allow people in your space that support that. Oh, yeah. It will allow you to be your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, Anita, this has been a, a very insightful conversation. We, we really appreciate you. Where can people find more information on what you do, whether that's social media or do you have a certain practice somewhere? Mm-hmm. So I am located in the state of Virginia in Richmond. I have a private practice. It is Growth Therapy Center. Um, I am licensed in Virginia, so I'm only able to see uh, clients in Virginia under my professional license, but I am also an Instagram influencer. I'm a dating and relationship coach. My handle is Better Love Movement. So everywhere you can go, my podcast, my YouTube channel, um, my Instagram, my Facebook is all Better Love Movement. That's where you're going to get all of my content. Um, I create I create content for singles. I create content for couples. Uh, I've written two books for single women and for women who are in relationships. But Growth Therapy Center is my private practice and Better Love Movement is my coaching and my dating and relationship business. Anita, thank you so much. Um, We have a thing that we call, it's the What's Your 365. So just like a little bit of advice or, you know, a little gem that we like to leave our 365ers with. Um, And typically me and Britt do it, but I think in this respective moment, um, considering what considering what people go through when it comes to relationships, whether it's you know with a, a partner that they love or just a family member or a friend, um, I think it would be good for you to give the what's your three sixty five. So um, you know, do you have a gem or a jewel or a bit of advice for the three sixty five is listening when it comes to um, you know relationships, whether it's intimate or not intimate? Mm-hmm. So. Our relationships, they're the most, they're the most important thing that we choose, right? We choose most of our relationships other than the family that you're born in. Everyone else, like I chose to have my children. I chose my husband. I chose my friendships. And so I want people to make good choices. I want them to make good choices. I want them to make intentional choices about the relationships that they're, you know, choosing to be in because they will affect you. They'll affect all the areas of your life, good and bad. So make good choices when it comes to your relationships. Ooh, I just felt like you was talking to me. <laughs> just read me for filth today. Anita, thank you so much for coming to the Black Health 365 podcast. Thank you for having you. Yep. Appreciate yep. you. 365ers, um, as always, if you have something you want us to address, something you want us to talk about, Find us on Instagram at Black Health 365. Again, that is Black Health 365. Slide in those DMs. 
so that we can answer all of your questions and talk about the things that are really, you know, really going on in the Black community and how we can do things to make our health and our wellness better um, on a 365 level. Uh, Britt, you over there really like thinking hard about what Anita says today. You okay over there? This was some powerful stuff and some stuff I needed to hear. I, I really appreciate you, Anita. She read you for filth, too. <laughs> <laughs> 365 it was great to have you. Peace, I'm staying in love. Adios. Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.